Hello and welcome to the Irish Film London podcast. I'm Neve Brannigan and I'm joined with Jerry Maguire. How are you this week, Jerry? I'm grand, Neve. I have a glass in my hand and it has delicious drinks in it, so I'm doing really good. I'm very jealous, actually. It is, well, it's a Wednesday night we're recording this and I usually kind of start having an L tipple of a, maybe up <laughs> a Thursday evening. Right. Um, maybe Friday, so I'm trying to be good because I'm very tempted now that I see you with one. Um, but what a week. Um, we had IFTA announcements this week, which is mm-hmm. always really, really exciting. And it's interesting because usually when there's award announcements, we obviously, naturally enough, chat about our own and talk about all of the Irish nominations. Um, but it is the Irish Film and Television Awards. So, I mean, mm-hmm. every single nomination is yeah. Irish. So we definitely won't be able to talk every uh, talk about every single one. But I mean, talk about like ones that we've already been on top of. Loads of the nominees were, we had in our festival in November. Yeah, we're basically trendsetters. I basically, I think that mm. um, the Academy, the Irish Film and Television Academy, basically goes like, "What has Jerry and Neve done in their work yeah. already?" And then who should be nominated? I'm pretty sure that's how it works. Agreed. Um, I think that I actually I heard that I did. I, did you? I yeah, that, yeah, I heard that that's too. How, yeah, yeah, that's how it's true. done. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's great. I mean, obviously, a few um, films and TV shows did absolutely clean up. The Banshees of Inisherin has eleven nominations, and Bad Sisters has twelve nominations. Yeah, totally cleaned up. You'd kind mm. of expect it from Banshees. Really, really cool to see Bad Sisters doing so well as well. That's a yeah, brilliant show. And then and then yeah, we've got loads of our our fellow podcast alumni which I love that yes um, is on there um, I mean Roche August Frank um, Nothing Compares North Circular uh, How to Tell a Secret and then we also had Alison Oliver on to chat about uh, the TV show Conversations with Friends yeah and then on top of that I loved this that four out of the six shorts we had uh, in our festival in November that's right yeah Four out of the six of the ones that were nominated featured in Irish Film Festival London not four months ago. And this is why uh, the theory stands that the Irish Film and Television Academy basically follow early. Mm. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, and also Joyride as well. Um, yeah. One of our most recent podcasts that's uh, up for a nomination as well. That's right. yeah. so, so everyone, if you haven't listened to any of these, now is your time exactly. to go back and have a listen. So you know what what IFTA's going on and banging on about and why they're so great. That's it. Um, yeah, that's really cool that we've yeah. uh, that we've already chatted to loads of these people, which is cool, yeah. and more to come. And better than that, yeah, exactly, more to come because in a couple of weeks' time, we'll be showing God's Creatures and Lakelands in London there are two of the films that have got well I think Lakelands has got four IFTA nominations and God's Creatures has got five and if you want Mm. to see those in London before they're on general release you can see them with us so come and see them with us another film as well that got ten nominations uh, was our opening film um, Aisha which is really really cool yeah I love Aisha and I'm really really pleased Mm. that it's got all those nominations it's really really i feel like it just didn't really land when it was released you know like it, yeah. it made a bit of a splash but definitely didn't do as well as it could have done because leticia wright was in two other films at the same time so. i was just going to say that i feel like i was like i feel like maybe black panther <laughs> you know maybe overshadowed a little bit mm-hmm. um and yeah it's a it's a tough one and i think you know you wonder would it have 
landed differently if it just came out even a month or two in the difference, you know? Yeah. Uh, but it's such a gorgeous film. I really hope then if it goes kind of to more streaming stuff that it, that it will get more attention. Yeah, it'd be really cool if when it inevitably picks up some if the wins that mm. yeah if that gives it a new lease of life i think that's what that's one of the things that's good about an award ceremony like this like lots yeah. of people are are in cinemas watching banshees again and watching the wonder and watching the quiet girl again because of mm. the oh it's in like every cinema in dublin yeah right i see i didn't know that but i that doesn't mm. surprise me really it's actually I've always kind of been I'm wondering this more and more like Aisha came out mm. but then it was it came out but it was on Sky yes and then I guess Banshees came out I think I feel like it was in the cinema for like a week or something and then it was on Disney um what like what, I wonder like what is that about of it just going on to streaming stuff so quickly it feels like films aren't even getting the chance to try have a cinema box office anymore yeah that's just the way it is these days isn't it like especially if it's produced by sky or disney or netflix or something it gets a small theatrical release and then it goes straight up onto the onto the streaming platform which i guess is where they're banking on it making making money but yeah, yeah it does it is that one? i don't know it, do, it does feel I don't know. it feels wrong like doesn't it like it, it feels does like yeah proper theatrical run and then go up on the streamers yeah because I, I just always really love like kind of the Oscar season and all that and going to the cinema to see all of these new films but I feel like I could see most of them yeah. in my living room <laughs> um, but uh, we have two patrons as well that are up for IFTAs which is really cool so we have our patron Mo Dumford mm-hmm. uh, who is in The Dry which has picked up eight nominations yeah. um, the TV show The Dry and then we also have our other patron uh, director Lenny Abramson who has a nomination for Best Director for Conversations with Friends which mm-hmm. as a whole has earned seven nominations so that's really really cool as well it's brilliant yeah so I think congratulations to everybody who who's been nominated for IFTAs and good luck for the mm-hmm. ceremony which I think takes place early May in Dublin mm-hmm. it will be maybe we could try and crash it Jerry and oh my god should we, should we get press passes the IFTAs <laughs> let's go get press passes for the IFTAs right anyone from we're the- not allowed to drink though <laughs> oh is that is that a thing I don't well I feel like it should be mm. if we're going to be professional well we'll see we'll see Okay, anyone from we'll the Irish Film and Television Academy who's listening, this is a legitimate form of press and we mm-hmm. demand slash request permission mm-hmm. to come to the reward ceremony. Please and thank you. Um, another thing that's coming up very, very soon is the Oscars as well. So that's that will probably be our next big dive in um, for our next podcast will be what happened yeah. at the Oscars. Hopefully no more slaps. Hopefully there's no more assaults. Um <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I'm very excited for that. Um, and then, yeah, I guess then in our news, then we've got our big St. Patrick's Day uh, festival yeah. coming up, which yeah. we kind of went through in our last uh, podcast. But it is, it's just going to be so much fun. And there's loads of brilliant films in there, shorts, features, and uh, it's just going to be brilliant. So definitely try and get along to that. Yeah. So after the Trafalgar Square stuff on Sunday the 12th, if you're in London on Friday the 17th, actual St. Patrick's Day, and Saturday the 18th and Sunday the 19th, then you are, of course, invited to come and join us and come down to see some of our events. So of those of those events, which are all on sale, 
Lakelands on Friday the 17th at Riverside is selling really quickly. Clouded Reveries at the Killing Cinema has still got loads of tickets left. Come down for that, please. Uh, the short films are close to selling out at the Garden Cinema. God's Creatures, which has a pro... Uh, oh my God. The Q&A for that is Emily Watson and Tony O'Rourke. I mean, come on, lads. There's oh, that. no way. That's amazing. Yeah. And... There's, there's still a decent amount of tickets for that, but they are... By the way, that was a real genuine thing for listeners. I honestly didn't know that. <laughs> did you know that's right? That was a very genuine reaction. <laughs> I did not know that. Well, I, I knew Tony was on board, but I didn't know um, I didn't know Emily Watson was as well. So that's really, really cool. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, no, yeah. It's going to be loads of fun. Loads of fun. And then I think there's really literally only like a few tickets left for Uncalling Coon on Sunday at London Irish Centre. So if you want to come and see The Quiet Girl in a room full of... Irish people and you're in London come down to see that um, Definitely I'm serious about the short film selling sure. out though like they will sell out a garden cinema but if you can't come and see it if you can't make it and you still want to see them then they're available online so grab a ticket from Irish Film from Home irishfilmlondon.com slash events where you can see all the listings including the listings for the shorts programme online so yeah please support our work by buying tickets and we'll see you in London so uh, a way that you could support us um, and let us know that you're enjoying what we create for you guys um, would be, first of all, to share this podcast with your family and friends, especially if they have an interest in the film, let alone Irish film. Um, and also, I mean, Jerry, I know you want to tell our listeners about uh, the, is it the coffee shop on our website? Yes. So we've been doing this podcast for a number of years and we have just got to the stage where the kudos is great and everything. But you know what we really want? We want your money. So, <laughs> no, but seriously, we've set up a, a, a coffee page or Kofi page. I don't know how it's pronounced, but it's like the platform that we've chosen to do this on. So <laughs> mm-hmm. um, donations. It's donations. It's basically mm-hmm. the, the the idea behind Kofi is um, if you like content that someone creates enough that you think if I met these guys, I'd buy them a cup of coffee, then you can literally do that. You can go to ko-fi.com forward slash IFL podcast and you can chuck us the price of a cup of coffee and it just goes into like a tip jar and helps us to do what we do and helps to keep the wolves from the door of podcasting that's probably the worst analogy i can think of but yeah that's what it does and look i mean well i mean i i called it a coffee shop so i I mean between the two of us now i don't know what people are donating towards there's a website but actually we're just starting a coffee shop yeah um yeah i'll I'll, we'll put the link in the description so that um if you are dead certain that you are like that you love what we do so much that you just would buy us a coffee then yeah you can Mm -hmm. do that um and we would encourage you to do please we would love you forever um, but on this week's interview, a uh, little bit different, um, I got to go to the Marion Hotel in Dublin, which is like the five-star hotel, so I felt very fancy, um, for a press day um, during the Dublin International Film Festival, um, and I got to go and hang out in person with the cast and director of the film My Sailor, My Love. I sat down with Breed Brennan and James Cosmo. Um, I do just want to note though at one stage there was some construction going on next door so I do apologise for that but it doesn't last long 
and I have to say I just had such a gorgeous time I mean I'd love to get to do more in-person stuff um, so that's definitely something that um, we might try and work on here for the podcast but it was just such a gorgeous chat and uh, and then also on top of that it always helps when it's a really gorgeous film mm. so when this comes out um, which is March the 10th yeah. um, do try and go and see it um, it's a beautiful um, hard hitting uh, film and uh, yeah I really really hope you guys enjoy the chat as much as I did nice one okay I'm looking forward to that now thanks Jerry thanks Neve. if you're part of the regular Irish Film London audience or want to get more from your experience consider joining our growing family of members for a range of exciting benefits Irish Film London is a non-for-profit organisation. Our mission is to promote the best new Irish film to audiences all over the UK and with the help of this podcast, the world. If you become a festival friend or a festival champion, you get perks like discounted tickets for films and events, free access to Irish Film from Home films and invites to networking events and so much more. So check it out now. Well, thank you both so much for joining me today. Um, first of all, congratulations goes without saying on a beautiful, beautiful film. I was a blubbering mess by the end of it, I have to say. Um, it, yeah, it kind of touched a lot of, like, just touched on so many different things. I don't think it can be branded as just one kind of film. There's mm. just so many different layers to it. Um, so I'm really looking forward to chatting about it. Um, but I guess, first of all, how did My Sailor, My Love come into your lives? And what was your first reaction to when you first read the script, Breed? Um, I was sent the script just after the very first lockdown. And um, I just was delighted when I saw it. Um, I, I was delighted, first of all, that the director was finished and that... It was something different mm. to do. It was, it was obviously made in English. Um, but I loved the script, and I was very drawn to the character of Annie, um, a very quiet woman. I, I'm very often drawn to that sort of quiet personality mm. with, you know, and the challenge of investigating what's going on there in her mm. history. And um, But I was also very drawn to the fact that it was going to be filmed in Ackle. Um, and... Klaus had sent me with the email some photographs of locations at Ackle that he was using and he had totally fallen in love with it. Yeah. Fallen in love with the light and just the beauty of the place. Um, and I'd worked there 40 years before in um, an RTE, BBC joint television film called The Ballroom of Romance. Well, I'd stayed there. We'd stayed. They put us up in Ackle and we, it was filmed in Ballycroy. Um, and I didn't want to leave. Yeah. And... Um, and I'd always wanted to go back and spend time. And I, indeed, I still want to go back and get a foothold in in the place because mm. it's... Once you're there, I can see where you're just so persuaded by it and seduced mm. by it. So that was the big draw for mm. me. But also, I just loved the story. I loved the intricacies of the, you know, the familial relationships and um, the idea of two people finding love unexpectedly in later years... Mm. And um, and also, um, I haven't done many love stories in my life. It's usually either mm-hmm. a horror or you know, yeah. somebody uh, <laughs> abandoned or whatever. But yeah. this was that was a big draw for mm-hmm. me that you know to actually be able to 
um, to do a love story. Absolutely. For a change. Yeah, definitely. Mm. And James, what about you? What was your first kind of initial reaction when you read the script? Yeah, the, <coughs> the except the, the script, which I, I really enjoyed. At the, at the time, I was away doing uh, another series, Jack Ryan, in Budapest. And it was so different mm. to, to what I was doing, you know, and it was so considered and layered and nuanced. And then I spoke with Klaus on, on Zoom and he sent me a link to a film that he'd done a couple of years before called The Fencer, which was set in Estonia, which again was quite a quite a small film, very few people in it, but it told this huge story of, mm. of Estonia under communist rule, you know, uh, but it, it just told it in microcosm and it was so elegant and clean and concise. I just thought I really, really want to work with this guy, and and that was that was that was it. And also the, as I say, the script was terrific, and mm. the, the character of Howard was something that I, I thought I might make a, a bash of. You know? Yeah, that does seem to be his style because my sailor, my love is. It's it feels so polished and clean, like still very raw, like story wise, but just in a filmmaking sense, you know, yeah. it's so satisfying to watch. Yeah, uh, it's very kind of overall, you know, really really beautifully done. Yeah. They were very different. Uh, um, there's a different sort of atmosphere on the set. Mm. You know, it's a very calm atmosphere. You yeah. know, and and it will take time to, you know, the lighting director will take time just to go and move something mm. that that has no significance in the scene, but it just looks that little bit better. Yeah. Just everything about it. Yeah. Yes, it makes her great working conditions yeah. in the sense that you're, everybody is pulling together. Yeah. And you stop even thinking about that. It just feels like this unit of uh, people, crew and actors, and just moving together to achieve this story that everybody is locked into. Mm. Everybody, yeah. I think, had a passion for it. Mm-hmm. You, know, you heard those... Um, stories later how passionate people became about it and cared about it and you feel that when you're working yeah. Yeah. you know it's, it's, it's interesting that you and know. also the art department yeah. uh, and everyone on the crew yes. they worked so hard before we arrived to transform this abandoned house yeah. into Howard's home and the depth and layers of the history of that that man and his home was extraordinary you know and not even anything that the audience will pick up on but you sort of do yeah you know it's it's a real art form i wanted to ask about this it's so beautiful but so it was abandoned before and then they were able to kind of dress it and make it their own well it hadn't been lived in for a long time and it had been just sold on and and the people who bought it were intending to completely renovate it and it obviously needed an awful lot of work on it yeah but um, in the interim, they allowed the filming to take place. So it had, there was a lot of decay there, which yeah. was, you know, but at the same time, what John Hand, the yeah. designer, did with that was extraordinary. But I had, we, you know, changed cut into costume in some of the rooms upstairs, which really were dilapidated. And yeah. there was one room, it was an extraordinary wall that it looked like all the plaster had come off and there were, it was almost like there was, had been seaweed in the plaster. So there were these wonderful, I took loads of photographs yeah. of it. It almost looked, and we didn't use that in the film. There was no place for it. Of course, yeah, yeah. But it wasn't extraordinary. So you were actually looking into the depths of the Mm. house, in a way. It felt really, even the corridor for me really felt like 
it felt like nearly you were, you know, under deck in a ship, you know, mm, that yeah. really linked in Ooh, with, with Howard because it was so kind of dark and, and, yes. and you know, it kind of felt quite quite crammed in. Yes. Um, and it's, it's such a beautiful house. Oh, my God, it was stunning. Yeah, and it's interesting because that was at the heart of the film in some ways. Mm. And again, that's something Kleiss really understood and wanted to show that that life in those dark rooms with this mm -hmm. man is living a very isolated life. Mm -hmm. But then they also have that wonderful thing of opening out into the landscape, which is an enormous character yeah. in the yeah. in the film. Yeah, very absolutely. Important. And what was the, um, I think you, uh, I remember seeing an interview with you, James, where you got, where you said that you guys got to have some time together before shooting, which is quite rare, I feel. Yeah, like. Usually um, it's kind of just on the day, create the chemistry right there and then, but you guys yeah. got to have a bit of a de de development. Well, I, it, it, it's often occurred to me that, that that why don't we do that more often? Yeah. You know, because it was it was so beneficial, and it's when there isn't a crew there, it's not costing money. Mm. Well, why not sit down for a week and as we did, and talk through, talk about everything, yeah. and talk about the characters and the relationships and each other and get to know each other. Mm. So when it came to to walking onto the set, there wasn't any feeling of where am I? How's this? We we just knew because we'd talked it through, and it was a, a huge advantage. Mm -hmm. That's so true. I don't know why it's not more no. of a thing because it, it's such a big ask to just you know ask actors to just first day on set, you know, and you mightn't be sh uh, shooting the first scene, you know, you could be shooting a scene that's really in the depths of the of the film. And, yeah. you know, you're just expected to create yeah. that chemistry and, and all of those layers straight away. And it's always terribly nerve-wracking, yeah. you know, if you, if you haven't worked with actors and you, you just meet them in the makeup yeah. truck before you go on, you know. That's the last thing you want. You think, oh, good, you know. Yes. But when, when we knew each other yeah. and we were friends and we understood yeah. our characters and we talked through it, it just made it so much easier. Yeah. And real in some ways because yeah. you... You know, when, when you're sitting with um, your co-workers in a room and talking, have a cup of coffee and tea, you, you know, and James is a great storyteller, mm. and you learn so much, and you're already starting to fill the story up just yeah. by being with people and listening to them and hearing the stories and just, yeah. um, you know, getting their take on it. It already is starting. It's, mm -hmm. you know, it's starting to bubble and... Well, mm -hmm. it, it, felt, it, it felt really lived in. You know, it mm -hmm. really did feel like we just came into these people's lives um, at, at this certain point. Um, mm -hmm. And James, your character, Howard, is definitely a bit of a different character for you to dive into mm -hmm. um, in the sense that, uh, and I've heard you say this in interviews, that it's not swords and sandals. Um, so you've worked on big kind of action blockbuster TV and for, um, TV shows. What what was it like to kind of have a bit of a change of pace then with with Howard? It it was it was wonderful. I mean, I'm I'm far too old to be doing swords and sandals oh, anyway. Never, you know? never too old. Well, I, I am because the last time I sat on a horse, I had to have a box to get me on top of the horse. <laughs> but um, uh, I still enjoy it though. No, but um, Howard is such a uh, complex character and it, it resonated with me so much that it was just a, a joy to be able to spend those few weeks that we had together creating this character and working with mm -hmm. with Brage and, and Catherine and and uh, it was such complex relationships that you never even get to the bottom of you you know it 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 just increases in complexity what, yeah. what's going on, you know, 
um, yeah, so it's, it's it's wonderful to do big sort of broad stroke mm -hmm. stuff. That's it's terrific fun. Yeah. But you you get a, I found a huge satisfaction in doing it. A, a real uh, joy. Absolutely, I loved that. You know, when we meet Herodes, this. Um, man with kind of a, a, a tough exterior and, and you know, feels like it'd be hard to break down those walls. But we do see um, a glimpse of, you know, how loving and animated he can be early on. And I don't think it's a, you know, he starts off like this and mm. then he ends up in a different um, place. I feel like he's always, you know, been able to tap into that. And I really love the scene in the pub when you're telling the kids all about mm. your, your stories at sea where, you know, Herod just becomes so animated and alive. So we know that it's in him, that yeah. it's there. Yeah. Um, we just need someone to bring it to the surface, which yeah. is where Annie comes in. Yeah. But Breed, what was what was it about Annie that, um, what, did you have any major connections or, or was there anything then that was a bit more of a push for you with playing Annie? Um, no, I, I mean, it was... It, it wasn't easy at first to work out her history because there wasn't mm -hmm. a lot of it written there. So yeah. you... Creating your own You have story, to yeah. create your own to some extent. Um, but there was enough to, you know, to be able to flesh it out. Mm -hmm. um, and certainly, um, I like the idea of she had a great relationship with her daughters, but she'd had a rough life, and that is referred to. Um, just a hint at that, really. It, they, they don't go into it. They mm -hmm. don't... Um, sort of immerse themselves or wallow in her uh, difficult relationship that she alludes to when she's talking to Howard. But she's a woman who has tried to keep moving forward, that's clear, and sit on that and just, mm -hmm. um, because she clearly thinks there is a lot in her life that's worth living for with her daughters and her grandchildren, mm -hmm. who she's very much, she's very much a part of their lives. But I think I see her as a woman who um, has never lost her sense of curiosity, which is partly, I think, why she takes the job mm. and a notion of herself and her own um, independence. Um, and I think that's what leads her to taking that job and her curiosity. And obviously there's an innate sense of adventure there as well, which has been buried for years, mm -hmm. that um, comes to the surface. And I think it's very much that sense of adventure that draws her to Howard as well. Mm -hmm. But also... Uh, She's clearly just drawn to him, and she—it's—it's. It's, I find one of the fascinating things about the film is the idea that um, one set of people have an idea about Howard, his family, mm -hmm. and then he can be another person. But that's all of us. Yeah, and, absolutely. And yeah, as yeah. families <clears throat> develop over the years, as they grow, people can get locked into difficult mm -hmm. difficulties and difficult relationships and bad habits mm -hmm. in a way. Yeah, it's very well put. Yeah. Bang on. And yeah. they—anybody can be sort of drawn out if the right circumstances mm -hmm. present themselves it's so true I love that point of you know as life goes on you do kind of especially in family dynamics you find yourself just kind of slotting into maybe your role mm -hmm. you know like you've got you know maybe the black sheep of the family or the messer or the one the really always perfect one or you know so mm -hmm. to then to have be faced with like kind of life challenges or or different things that because we're all able to change and, yes. and grow always yes mm -hmm. um, and we're a different person to different people absolutely, absolutely yeah. yes that's the point yeah. Um, yeah. and I love that I love how the film shows the importance of compassion companionship, whether it's um, romantic or platonic um, at any age. Um, and uh, But I think especially as well as, as, as you get older, to have that support. And, and I think that it's clear that Annie's worked really hard to keep her family close in the physical and emotional sense. Um, and 
especially then uh, in regards to her granddaughters um, who are just so joyous <laughs> in the film. Yes. They're so gorgeous. And I think as well, it's, I love how it shows how important it is to be around kids and the new Lisa life that they can give you. Yeah, um, yeah. What was it like working with those with the, those two young It was talents? an absolute <laughs> joy. They were, they were so full of fun. Yeah. And uh, I, I think in a way I was a bit like Howard, you know, like <laughs> you, uh, when you're around them, you, you want to be playful, you yeah. want to be a child yourself, you know, mm. and play silly games. It's mm. um, It was a, a joy to work with them, they're real professionals. They were great fun. They yeah. were lovely kids. So yeah. there was such a gorgeous element yeah. That I have to say, because it, I mean, it's as life goes on, you know, more and more, you know, it gets heavier and heavier sometimes. So to have the two girls there then as yeah. just being a little, um, kind of little light, uh, it was, was so beautiful. Um, we, uh, the romance that Annie and Howard have is so gorgeous. Um, and I think I loved as well that it reminded me that, you know, you're always going to get a bit nervous um, around someone that you fancy at any age. It doesn't matter what age you are. Well, love's not exclusive yeah. to the young. I mean, it, yeah. it's it's something that, well, we hope will last for beyond mm. us. Mm -hmm. um, that it's and it's there to be had. You know, it's uh, it's and it certainly is not barred to people of any stage in any mm. stage of their life. It's just being open for it. Although I'd say that um, Annie was surprised by it. I mean, there is that. Mm. She certainly wasn't looking for it. She was, I think, surprised by yeah. it. Yeah. Um, but and it's such a wonderful gift that Annie gives Howard. You know, this man who's ossified in this world of his, you know, and, and he, he is a, a, a doer, unhappy man to, to, to many people. Yeah. But you see glimpses, as you say, with the children. And then with this woman that comes into his life, you know, and and he is a different person with her. He's, he's suddenly, he loves life, he loves being with her, he loves with the, the playing with the kids with her. It's it's a, a huge joy for, you know, uh, it's a, so hopeful. Mm -hmm. Yes, I think that um, hint that uh, in Annie's life, she had been badly treated by somebody, yeah. but I think as you get older, uh, you, if you're lucky, you do gain a little wisdom or a little yeah. um, more insight into other people. And I think Annie brings that thing. So she's not hugely phased by Harold's, uh, Howard, sorry, Harold's rudeness. Mm. She um, doesn't like it and she knows she can walk away from it. Mm -hmm. um, but when she's apologised to, she can accept that as well. Mm -hmm. And she clearly has insight. So that, I think, helps. Yeah, having some uh, knowledge of life yeah. can make you ready again to yeah. be able to take it on and assess it. Mm -hmm. uh, because Annie is also having to, when she meets the major, I'm jumping ahead mm -hmm. here, and you have the big obstacle mm -hmm. for her in her relationship with Hard, which is um, his daughter's yeah. uh, objection to it. She, she, she has enough experience and knowledge of life to be able to assess that and try and... Um, find her way around it and try and deal with it and I love that she goes to her daughter though as well you know with the letter and, and I, I love that they're close enough yes. to be able to confide in each other and ask for each other for advice and um, you know because I love as well that she's because she's quite protective but she also was still very much there's a lot of respect there as well you know like earlier when you were saying about Annie as a character being quite curious and stuff when when um, Kelly says you know like you don't have to work you know you don't have you don't need money 
Um, and it's like, yeah, but I want to, you know, yes, and yes. you know, and I think, but I, I, I love that relationship there that um, that you guys created. Mm-hmm. And when you were saying there, um, James Bed Howard having this kind of new lease of life with Annie. With with his relationship with Grace, that's so layered and complex. Yeah. Um, do you, from from what I got from it was that I felt like Grace kind of was a bit of a representation of um, a bit of neglect, um, in the sense of Howard always being away at sea and 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 maybe why she wasn't incorporated into his new life per se would be just kind of maybe that reminder of that neglect and yeah, I, I, I think his wife and Grace represents um, the the failure yeah. in in Howard's life and and the uh, a degree of callousness that mm. he's shown to his his previous wife and to his daughter mm-hmm. you know but he's reconciled that with a sort of bitterness that shuts it off mm-hmm. it, it's it's really cowardice and not looking at you know mm-hmm. the relationship. He's yeah. he's really not. He can't confront that. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it'd be far too painful for him. Yeah. You know, but yeah. that's a very human, Absolutely. a human condition. You know, we're all cowardly at, at some points when we don't want to address something. Oh, yeah. But we can, we can turn our attention and be someone completely different. Mm. But that bit there. Yeah. You know, that's if if I open that door. Mm-hmm an awful lot of things are going to fall out. Yeah. And yes. I think that's what Howard yeah. just couldn't couldn't contemplate. Yeah. It's how we deal with our histories as well, isn't it? It's like, that's his history. Mm. Yeah. And then Annie has her history, but it's how these people deal as the years go on with the history. I mean, you can't just... And you meet somebody new, they don't necessarily know about that mm-hmm. history. So you're free to almost to yeah. show yourself in a different light. That's right, yeah. Just to be in a different light. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I think as well, it really shows the damage that um, lack of communication and and kind of resentment can have, you know, that yeah. build up over time. It can just get to a point where... That's you right. Can't yeah, then, yeah. You know, uh, that wall becomes so high yeah. that it's yeah. insurmountable. Yeah. yeah, I really, I just think Catherine just did such a beautiful job. Wow. Yeah. like yeah. such a such a tough role. Yeah. I just think that you know she means so well, but she's so misguided, and yeah. you know, and being such a carer in her work life and and her family life and everything, it's so easy to see how she just kind of lost herself. You know, oh, she yeah. just yeah. given yeah. everything to. to well, she's else. a victim to yeah. her history yeah. as well. Yeah. yeah. And um, but I suppose if you, it's harder to stand back really when you're still trapped in it in mm. so many ways. But if you c- could stand back and um, as the years go on, you need more experience maybe to say, well, why should you be tied to that sorrow forever? Yeah. You know, it's yeah, it happened. The sorrow's there, but why should be should you be tied to it and be mm. answerable mm-hmm. to it? For yeah, I mean, they obviously have a lot of reconciling to yeah. do, mm. but uh, yeah, but there is. There should be a chance to look for something. Of perhaps. course. Yes, for I just wanted to really hold the other brothers and sister accountable. I was like, where are they? I know. <laughs> the, the bottles of rum and that's not that's not good enough. Uh, so I need a sequel. Um, but, but it's often the case, isn't yeah, it? It's yeah. often oh, yes, just yeah. one, on one sibling, sibling that, that takes it all on board, mm, you know, yeah. to their own detriment. Yeah, and I really, I really enjoyed seeing on screen as well that kind of, you know, that moment in all of our lives where. The, the parent 
now doesn't become the one that's that's looking that they now need the looking after mm-hmm. that that kind of switch I think is such a poignant time in everybody's lives um my yeah I've seen it with my parents you know becoming then the the carers of their parents and and that's just the the way of life but I I think it's it's really great to see it on screen of of everything that comes with that as well you know and the kind of the resentment that comes with it and the guilt that comes with it and of that shift that the point where you realize that your parents aren't indestructible you know yeah yes. there's yeah. always that point in yes. yeah. Yeah. we've all been through that with mm. this pandemic as well yeah with, you know, children really worrying about their mm-hmm. you know adult children really worrying about their parents yeah. and looking out for them in a way and that sense of responsibility that they may not have had just before it. Mm-hmm. They didn't think they, just like you say, thought they were invincible. Yeah. Suddenly they see them as yeah. as vulnerable. But I think that this film, in, um, without being heavy-handed about it or hammering it home, it does concern itself with a massive issue that's universal. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. of, yeah. you know, where how do we live our lives and how do we look after mm-hmm. those people? Or how do we also um, uh, acknowledge their their agency and that they may want their independence and don't as in this we see in this film yeah and don't want to have their um autonomy taken away don't want mm-hmm. to be uh, i know i think you always think oh when i get older i'm going to be so easy going and you know and, but it's a huge thing to have to give over to be so vulnerable and to give away you know your it, your kind of you know your your freedom in a way when but you can you use it to your hard. advantage Neve, as you get older yeah if you're smart you can use it to your advantage <laughs> yeah. i mean i'm my my wife is a good bit younger yeah than me you mm-hmm. know and i said you, you don't have to do all the chainsawing yeah you know yeah. and i don't want you spending all the time chopping logs i can do a little oh, bit oh my god you're you know? so good yeah but, fair very you know, understandable and, yeah. yeah and, and the, the bricklaying course that i got for yeah she wasn't particularly grateful for it, I you know. Was. But I'm just trying to, you know, yes. fulfill yes. a life. He's going so. on that extension out <laughs> the back, and yeah, you can project manage as well from the sidelines. Um, I know. I was like, oh, I'll get the, I'll get her, I'll get a place over in Florida, retirement home over there. You won't have to worry about me. Um, so as a whole, what was there? I think as actors as well, in every project that you do you learn something more about you as an actor and about your craft and, and sometimes just even you as a person. Was there anything on this particular project that you think you'll bring with you into into other projects down the road? I think the importance, as we were talking about earlier, of spending time with your fellow actors mm. and uh, you, using that time to, to explore things mm-hmm. so that when you walk onto the set, it's, it makes it so much easier. Yeah. It's, it's a, a very sensible thing to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's hard to take anything away, you know, sort of as an individual, because yeah. it really did feel like such, um, I know it's a, a word that's bandied around so much, it really did feel like an ensemble in every way, yeah. not mm-hmm. just with us, the actors, and all the actors that... Um, the family and then the, and the Isle of people from Angle and the people, and people Island, from yeah, yeah, really yeah. did take part yeah. and were very enthusiastic about it. It was wonderful and yeah. lent themselves in the most generous way. Yeah. Their beautiful faces and yeah. beautiful children and but it it wasn't it wasn't just that, it was the everything. Uh, Robert Muller, the DOP, who's a wonderful cinematographer. But you felt you were pulling with everybody. So yeah. it's hard to sort of 
individualize that, you know, of course, what, yeah. um, it, it was, it was just one of those really solid, and it's not easy, I'm not saying it's dead easy yeah. and everybody was laughing, joking, it was, you know, this real effort mm. and thought mm -hmm. went into it, and I think that's what you take away, a sense of, well, I was really involved in that. That was a great feeling, yeah. and I got so much from everybody mm -hmm. working. And I imagine that that, I, that comes with confidence as well, with the more work that you do. You know, the, I, I, I'm obviously only very newly starting out, but, you know, you, you start off with that, being anxious about, you just kind of want to be told what to do, you know, and where to go and where to stand, you know, and then, but the more stuff that you do and confidence that you get with it you can be more collaborative and and, right. and it sounds like it mm. kind of was a really lovely kind of collaborative yes. process mm. that, in a way. that's right because yeah. you don't have the same fear you have yeah. starting out in the same sense of why oh, better not <laughs> I better not say or yeah. I better um, or I'll do this myself I'm mm. just trying to find a way through myself it is that thing where you're I suppose it's, it, when you're a bit older you're not afraid to say if mm. you 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 know you want to talk about what, you, what your character's saying and mm. You're not afraid to say anymore, yeah. and we're uh, going again, or yeah. trying something different. But that is also a huge element of that is trust, and that is something that we all know about as actors. Trust is very mm. important, and yeah. you, and as James gives out about that week, that's you know it starts there in the mm. week, the, mm. the, and you have to trust. Yeah, you just it's. And it's so rewarding mm -hmm. when it um, really pays off. Well, it really, really did pay off. And was there any, lastly, was there any, um, when you look back now at the shooting process of My Sale and My Love, was there any moment of the film or day in particular that um, that you'll always kind of re remember or think back to? I, when, when during that week we were talking and uh, Klaus said, uh, I can't do a finish act. <laughs> so that, I was listening to this... Uh, song uh, by Finbar Fury. Uh, what do you think? And he, he played, this is my last love song. Oh. And I said, Klaus, <laughs> if that song isn't in this film, I don't know what we're going to do. So and it was that. And then wonderfully, Finbar came to Achel and he was there up on the stage. God bless him for mm. doing it and singing that beautiful song. And mm. With that, funny enough, you talking about the ballroom of romance mm. and that, you know, the glitter ball going round, it just reminded me a little yeah. bit of that, that wonderful piece that yeah. you did. Um, but that, that scene uh, where Howard and uh, Annie are dancing together, yeah. that's, that's the one for it's me. Stunning. I just think, oh my goodness, yeah. that's, it was just so beautiful for mm -hmm. me on diff all sorts of different levels. Yeah. Yes, and it's funny because that's just brought to mind something. About a week before we did that scene, and we knew that that was going to be the music, and after we'd finished shooting that day, uh, Klaus wanted to bring us to the location where we were going to shoot the uh, cold, empty hall in this old, uh, I think it's shut up now, this hotel. Mm. Um, and he played the music. And I think Klaus was sort of worried that maybe we'd have to work out how to do the dancing and everything. Mm. And when he played the music, James and I just started dancing and we more or less said, no, no, we <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> fine. And it was. So we didn't get a choreographer in or anything. <laughs> no, no, we're fine. James said, we don't have to do this. Which <laughs> <laughs> was right, just the yeah. way we know how to do it. Oh, yeah. that's so gorgeous. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, guys, thank you so much for chatting to me. It's been Such a pleasure. pleasure to have you on. Thank you. And um, I'm really looking forward to more and more see people seeing this beautiful film. And hopefully we'll see you guys again soon. Thank you so much. Thank you. 
And that's it for this week's interview. Thank you all so much for listening. We hope you really enjoyed it. Thank you to Culture Ireland and the Irish Emigrant Support Programme. Myself and Jerry will be back in a fortnight with a brand new interview. See you then.